Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's now time to enter the Sports Zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Ball across the paint, step back three, cover for Booker. Book it! 31, 14th time in his playoff career, he's gone for 30 or more. Paul, crisscross applesauce, oh, in the face. KD, with the snarl, shakes his head. And Carter by Struce. Right down and drives into love. And, and Giannis, Giannis is hurt. Down. And Giannis. I think he's holding them back. He is. John Morant gets into the paint. Plays catch with Jackson. Five on the 24. Vanderbilt trying to stay with him. Morant inside. Offensive foul. Anthony Davis steps in and draws the charge. Everything defensively. And that's three on Morant. Morant's shaking up. first throw maybe nope will anderson there close to a safety another sack for number 31 murray end zone throw catch one-handed deandre hopkins why would you ever throw this he's completely covered up right here why would you because number 10 has got the biggest hands on the planet monk puts it up Curry's got the board. Green gets tied up. And a technical has been assessed. Jamonis Sabonis writhing in pain. Detailed by Wisconsin, hence maintaining a one-point lead because of it. Smith shut off. Cloud came over. That opened up Edie against a smaller defender for the jam. Playing tonight to Pat McGrath. Remember, here is Jackson. Hold on. Jackson. Please come down. Oh, effortless sprint. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports own guide, Bob Kemp, on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Wednesday, April 19th edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlux HD 2 100.7, the Suns, what was the bigger difference in Game 2? The NBA, should it ban the weak side charging foul? The Cardinals, should they trade the third pick? Like, we haven't asked that before. And I'm guessing we will ask it again before a week from tomorrow. And should they just take anything in return for DeAndre Hopkins? Meanwhile, back to the NBA. Should Draymond Green have been suspended for Game 3? From the NBA draft, who will be the better player in the NBA, Zach Eady or Andre Jackson? And what caught your eye since our last show? Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday. In moments, we'll have the introduction of today's pipeline. Around 9.15, we'll go around the NFL. That'll be with uh, Jeff, Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. 
We'll talk some Cardinals. We'll get into the NFC West a little bit and a few other NFL topics. 9.30 Interactive Action, 602-260-1060. And also the local roundup. And we'll get to some Suns and Clippers from last night. Time pending with some Diamondbacks and Cardinals from uh, St. Louis yesterday uh, our afternoon, early evening, our time. And in the final segment will be the National Roundup. We'll have a little from the NBA scoreboard and also the latest line moving forward in the NBA playoffs. Then after the sports zone from 10 to noon, it'll be the extra point hosted by Kayla. That will certainly include some more Suns Clippers game two analysis. Okay, so right now onto the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, what was the bigger reason for the Suns' Game 2 victory? Effort or basketball skills? And Kayla is here and has the early returns. Effort leading the way, 100% of the vote. Wow. A hundred percent? Okay, I thought that was a pretty good question. Maybe not. All right. Uh, the Suns overcame a second consecutive slow start with an excellent end of the first half and then dominated in the second half to deadlock the series heading to Los Angeles for Game 3. So, what were the keys in your mind to the Suns' 123-109 Game 2 victory? Meanwhile, today's Twitter poll question, should the NBA ban... Ban the weak side defense charging foul that resulted in injuries on Sunday to Giannis and also John Morant. Then, Kayla, what's going on here? We have no leading the way at 62.5% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 37.5% on Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. This has been a hot topic in recent days after the Sunday injuries. Uh, and also, there was an excellent column by athletic NBA writer Zach Harper and then I listened to a podcast with Harper moderating that talked about this too. Uh, by the way, the Bucks said on Tuesday that the Greek freak is questionable. And I saw a thing last night, doubtful, so I'm not sure what to think, uh, for tonight's Game 2 against the Heat. While Morant's being called a game-time decision tonight against the Lakers. In addition to the uh, Twitter poll question, who you got tonight? The Bucks are six-point favorites against the Heat. The Lakers are one-point road favorites at Memphis. Meanwhile, on the local front, Cardinals, uh, the D Cardinals draft uh, speculation and the draft grapevine talk is escalating. The Cardinals not expected to trade the third pick of next week's draft, that according to Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football and also Fox Sports. Is there any reason the Cardinals should not trade the third pick, especially uh, if the Texans do not select Will Anderson with the second pick, which is becoming a very popular rumor out there this week. It is the lying season, however, the week before the draft. Meanwhile, staying with the Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins wants to be traded to Buffalo, according to current Bill Von Miller. And the Hopkins talk may not... Uh, it may actually have some added traction on Tuesday because Stefan Diggs, who apparently is still upset that he didn't get very many targets down the stretch last season, including the playoff loss to the Bengals, Diggs was a no-show for the first day of the off-season programming a program in Buffalo. So should the Cardinals basically at this point 
trade DeAndre Hopkins and take almost anything in return? Because I also heard at NFL Network yesterday that they wouldn't even get a first, second, or third round pick in return for Hopkins. Meanwhile, spanning the globe from the NBA postseason, tonight the Warriors down 0-2 in a playoff series for the first time since 2007 will not have Draymond Green in Game uh, 3 against the Kings after the NBA suspended Green for his actions in Game 2. So, should the NBA have suspended Draymond Green for tonight's Game 3 after he stepped on the Kings' DeMontis Sabonis in Game 2? Meanwhile, ripped from the NBA uh, draft headlines, Purdue's Zach Eady and UConn's Andre Jackson declared for the NBA draft. Uh, both uh, say they're not hiring an agent at this point, which means they can return to school next season. Let's assume they stay in the draft. Who's going to be the better NBA player, Zach Eady or Andre Jackson? Also, in addition to all these excellent topics and questions, what else caught your eye since our last show? That's the pipeline for today. We have all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category. So whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060, or you can tweet the show at KDUSAM1060 or twitter.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up next, Corey will have a news update. That'll be followed by around the NFL, including uh, what can the Cardinals get for Buda Baker? Uh, we'll kick that around and more Cardinals and NFL items with uh, Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com. Once again, bottom of the hour to be phone call time. Also, we'll get into some of the Suns and Clippers analysis from last night, the local roundup. Phone call time, 602-260-1060. General discussion at that point. You are listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. best for the team and we'll do what's best for you. The Rich Eisen Show coming to you weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 6 to 9 a.m. The NFL Draft begins a week from tomorrow. Should the Cardinals keep the third pick? And uh, we're efforting to try to uh, reach Jeff Kerr of CBSSports.com. So hopefully we can get to Jeff in a couple of minutes here. First up, this is kind of do a uh, quasi what have I heard about the draft thing type of thing, just off the top of my head here a little bit. But let's start with the Carolina Panthers. They have the number one pick. And it looks like Bryce Young 
is going to be their guy. Uh, at least certainly the betting markets think he's going to be their guy. The NFL insiders, whether it be Chris Mortensen or Adam Schefter or uh, also Ian Rappaport, they seem to all be on board that uh, with the Panthers going with Bryce Young as the number one pick. So let's assume that that's accurate. Uh, the number two pick is Houston, and there's a lot of speculation here in the last few days here that uh, you know that Will Anderson is going to be the pick at number two uh, for the Texans ahead of C.J. Stroud or whomever else, Will Levitz, uh, whoever's uh, supposedly in the running for that. Uh, that maybe alters what the Cardinals do at three. You know, I mentioned earlier in the pipeline today that Peter Schrager of uh, Fox Sports and also uh, Good Morning NFL Football or whatever they call that show. On, it's a good show. I should know the name of it. I apologize. A good Morning Football, right? That's it. Uh, on NFL Network, uh, he's uh, reporting that he doesn't think the Cardinals are going to trade the pick. However, you know, I've said for weeks that they should trade the pick. And uh, if Will Anderson goes number two, uh, they should definitely trade the pick because there would be more desperation, I would assume, from other teams trying to move up to get one of the top quarterbacks, assuming that they think that C.J. Stroud's a top quarterback. So that's the Cardinals at three. Colts at four. There's lots of Will Levis talk here, uh, and he certainly spent plenty of time with the Colts at this point. Five would be the Seahawks. Uh, I've heard all kinds of stuff regarding the Seahawks, for everything from you know, taking a defense at the best defensive player available. I think that they would take Willie Anderson if he were not at number five. Anderson would be their guy. But I've also heard the Seahawks could be trading down. The Lions are sitting at six, and uh, you would think that they would go with the, the best uh, defensive player, considering their defense was obviously not good last year. Their offense was good. I've also heard some Bijan Robinson talk. Uh, Tucson South Point High School, B. John Robinson. And uh, you know, a lot of people don't think you should take a running back at the first round, let alone early in the first round. Uh, and they don't have the staying power, etc. But uh, that would be interesting that they, uh, you know, that, that talk's actually out there. As far as the Raiders at seven, you've, I've heard tons of stuff. You know, quarterback, you know, you can make a K. They're so bad at many possessions, quite frankly. They've got some star players, but they've also got lots of possessions, uh, positions, I should say, that have huge voids and really not good players. Uh, so I don't think anybody would be too, too surprised, no matter what the Raiders did at number seven, including I think that you know they, they need players. Uh, so why not trade down and get some extra draft picks in return if somebody wants to trade up? Seven's a kind of an iffy place, though, for, for a team that uh, for somebody trading up, especially if one of the if the top four quarterbacks are, uh, you know, whether it, uh, you know, obviously Young, Stroud, Levis, and Robinson are believed to be the top four quarterbacks. If those guys are all off the board, I'm not sure what kind of, you know, kind of bargaining power the Raiders have with the seventh pick of the draft. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, case can be made that they could uh, add pretty much anything. I do like what the Falcons have done in the offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They've gone out and added you know, key players. Uh, Akuda in the trade last week, they added Calais Campbell. They added Jesse Bates. So that's you know defensive lineman and Campbell, who's still a you know, productive player. Akuda you know, is uh, somebody who had some very good moments last year once he was healthy and on the field for the Lions. And he was the second or third pick in the draft. 
uh, high pick in the draft just three or four years ago. And they added Jesse Bates, who's, uh, you know, some believe, the best, if not the best safety in the NFL, one of the best safeties in the NFL. Nine would be the Bears. They obviously traded down here after they traded the first pick of the draft for Carolina. This is one of the multiple picks they received in return. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of speculation out here that Jawan Carter, um, in spite of his off-the-field uh, situation, uh, would be the guy for the Bears if he uh, still available at nine. And, you know, before this, you know, before the Carter news broke, that was right the day before the combine or the day off the combine, I believe, uh, that, you know, the Bears might actually take him with a first pick. So if they could actually trade down to nine and get Carter, that would seem to be uh, a, a value pick, assuming there's not more, you know, red flags on Carter that we're at least not publicly aware of at this point. At number 10, I'll round it off at this, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at number 10. Um, I've sure heard some running back quick talk here also. B. John Robinson's name mentioned there. Obviously, uh, uh, the dude from Penn State whose name just currently escapes me, uh, who's been there for a while, and his fum- the, the fumbler from Penn State. He fumbled at Penn State, and he's fumbled some of the NFL. Yeah, He left uh, via free agency, so they might be looking for a running back. So that's kind of just off the top of my head, uh, some speculation of uh, how the top 10 might go. A couple of other things here as far as uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the, the Cardinals and the NFC West goes. We mentioned, if you missed it earlier, uh, in the uh, pipeline that uh, DeAndre Hopkins, they may just kind of have to take anything in return for him. You know, it was mentioned yesterday, NFL Network, they might even not get a first or second day draft pick in return for Hopkins at this point. Certainly a salary, age 31, probably not a good thing. And also mentioned the uh, Trayvon Diggs unhappy in Buffalo situation that maybe they would go after Hopkins and Von Miller uh, certainly has uh, you know, made it known that he, he's talked, he says he's talked to Hopkins and Hopkins wants to play in Buffalo. Buda Baker, what should the Cardinals do with him? I'm, I think it's a good thing. Uh, that uh, it's been made public, and I assume that was Team Baker that made that public. Uh, that was broke that story that broke last Friday afternoon. Uh, that uh, you know, a couple of weeks before the draft, that he wants to be traded, and uh, you know, reportedly, uh, you know, I don't think anybody's disputed this report that uh, he is asked to be traded. Like in early February, he was asked to be traded. Uh, so we'll see. But I think it's good timing that it's just before the draft when this happens. I would certainly think. Uh, I would be if the Cardinals are going to trade Hopkins and Baker. I don't think there's any doubt that they would get much more in return for Baker for a variety of reasons. One, he's a much younger player, and the other thing is that I think he's a much more productive player at this point. I mean, Hopkins, as good as he is, he's still going to need a quarterback. And you know, Buffalo and Josh Allen would be the quarterback. That that would be probably a pretty good match, but Baker is certainly an impact player at the line of scrimmage as a defensive back, as a safety. Still not a great cover guy, but it seems like that a lot of people in uh, Maricopa County and, and, quite frankly, league-wide don't really care if he's not that good of a cover you know, cover safety and you know, not been his strength all along, but he's so good uh, stopping the run at the line of scrimmage. He's obviously good at uh, – he has a knack for blitzing quarterbacks – and uh, the other thing is, I think we knew 
uh, before Hard Knocks that he's a, a team leader and and so forth. And yeah, I think this note uh, I heard somebody say the other day that well, if he's a team leader, he wouldn't want to be traded. That that's not that's complete crap. Um, you know, he can be you know he's been a team leader here, and he's just you know looking at what's still here. Yeah, he's lost his buddy Byron Murphy's left for free agency. Zach Allen left. Uh, they're they're not good, and he knows they're not going to be good. Everybody knows they're not going to be good. So we'll see what happens with that. Meanwhile, the Rams might be worse than the Cardinals. And uh, the thing yesterday is that Allen Robinson may be heading to Pittsburgh if he passes a physical. And just to show how Robinson's stock has dropped, uh, they would take a seventh round pick in return. Uh, for Allen Robinson, I know that that was one report yesterday that that would be the return and the possible trade there. So we'll see what happens with that. And then as far as a couple other things, as far uh, sticking in the NFC West here, you know, the Niners, it's amazing in a league where everybody seems to want to add defensive linemen and difference-making offensive linemen. They continue to add difference-making defensive linemen, and they've done that in the offseason. And then the Seahawks certainly have uh, seemed to improve during this offseason, and uh, they're getting along, getting along just fine with life after Russell Wilson at this point. And uh, just one other quick thing I definitely want to mention. Oh, two, excuse me, two things I want to mention. Uh, first up, Deshaun Watson uh, in, in the uh, offseason program in Cleveland. Uh, as far as the uh, you know voluntary workouts, etc., uh, they were three and three in his starts last season, but they only averaged 16 points per game in those six starts last year. He addressed the media on Tuesday, said all the right things, etc. So you know, they need some receiving help there. I think they got a, the first couple guys aren't bad, but after that, there's a massive drop off after you get past Cooper and uh, Peoples Jones. Uh, so I'd assume at some point they're going to address the wide receiver position in uh, the draft or via free agency, even though there doesn't seem to be a free agent guy really out there that kind of comes to mind. And then the other thing yesterday uh, that I definitely want to mention, DeMar Hamlin uh, was cleared to resume football activities. And uh, you know, if you watch SportsCenter yesterday, the afternoon Sports Center. Uh, they did a really good job of covering the entire story, kind of a you know, the trilogy. Uh, uh, there's got to be a better word than that than trilogy. I apologize, but uh, the it's the scenario from him going down on the Monday night at Cincinnati to uh, you know where they were, you know where they were yesterday, etc. So the Demar Hamlin thing. Yeah, I can't imagine that too many people when all that happened. Uh, back in November, early December, whenever that was, early December, I believe it was, uh, sometime in December, right? Yeah. And uh, that he'd uh, be at, at the stage he is right now. And uh, it seems like uh, that's good news for Hamlin. And if he wants to play, uh, good for him. And he certainly seems to want to play, but uh, cleared for football activities uh, for, the, uh, for the Buffalo Bills. That was, uh, I believe, officially made public yesterday. I assume they've probably known that for a few days, but they, uh, we heard that for the first time yesterday. All right, next segment. It is phone call time, 602-260-1060. Also, we'll get to today's local roundup. That will include plenty of the Suns from last night 
against the Clippers. Time pending. We'll get to some Diamondbacks and the victory last night over the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. Probably a good thing the Cardinals won that game. I see where the, uh, the uh, Diamondbacks won that game last night because, unfortunately, even with the 7-2 lead, they had to use their pretty much their entire bullpen last night. And Andrew Chafin really wasn't good for the first time this season last night. He couldn't even get the you know, final outs of the game. And the fact that Castro and Chafin both had to pitch the last two days and Bumgarner starting today for the Diamondbacks in the uh, final game of the road trip at St. Louis. I'm guessing the Diamondbacks' chances of winning today are not high. Carving out time in your afternoon for the Doug Gottlieb Show right here on KDUS AM 1060, 100.7 HD2, and KDUS1060.com. Weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. It's time for today's local roundup. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD2 100.7. In addition to local roundup, if you want to get in, it's phone call time 602 260 1060. 602-260-1060 if you're just tuning in. Poll questions. We'll answer these a couple hours from now, but if you want to answer them now, uh, with the, uh, the uh, KDUS1060.com poll question, was the bigger reason for the Suns' Game 2 victory, effort, or basketball skills? And at last look, it was 100% on the effort. Uh, and then the uh, Twitter poll question today, this inspired uh, from a you know, was inspired by you know, a story uh, at the at the Athletic uh, by Zach Harper, one of the NBA writers, and uh, Harper also moderated the podcast on this topic uh, this after Sunday when uh, you know the weak side uh, defense resulted in charging fouls and the injuries to Giannis and also John Morant. So the this, the question they talked about. Should the NBA ban the weak side defense charging foul that resulted in those injuries? So those are the two poll questions. We'll get to the answers to those, our answers, at least in a couple hours from now, during the extra point hosted by Caleb. All right, back to the Suns from last night. I talked about it a little bit uh, during the pipeline. Here's time for uh, me to talk about it a little more. Uh, the Suns overcame another slow start. And they dominated the second half last night. In fact, they started to dominate at the end of the first half. The Suns scored on 10 of their last 11 first-half possessions, and they outscored the Clippers 11-2 to to end that first half. That ended in a 59-59 tie at uh, intermission. Meanwhile, the Suns, after that, outscored the Clippers 64-50 uh, to in the second half. The Suns favored by eight and a half. There were even some nines out there by tip-off, by the way, uh, worldwide. Uh, but eight and a half seemed to be the consensus number at tip-off last night. The Suns end up winning the game. Uh, that, uh, just lost my place here. 123 to 109. Uh, the Suns in the final three quarters uh, scored 35, 33, and 31 points. Uh, for the game, the Suns shot 58%. The starters scored 110 points. And according to NBA TV, the Suns 110 points from the starters last night, the most that any starting five have scored in any playoff game since 2010, which seems kind of hard to believe, but I swear they said that. 
and I replayed it to make sure they said that. Meanwhile, Devin, uh, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant combined to make 24 of their 41 field goal attempts. Monty Williams bench, 44 minutes. That's 11 minutes fewer than game one. And really only Bismack Biombo deserved any meaningful minutes off the bench last night. Uh, TNT analyst Dan Van Gundy continually pointed out during the, uh, the actual broadcast on TNT that the excellent screen set by Biombo and DeAndre Ayton uh, played a big role in the Suns getting good shots, and that's something that Monty Williams can, can quickly pointed out uh, during his postgame press conference last night after the Suns' victory. Meanwhile, also, uh, you know, two over-discussed streaks ended last night. Chris Paul's 13-game playoff losing streak with Scott Foster is over, even though Paul really didn't let it to be over. During the post-game press conference, just let it go. Uh, but he didn't. And Kevin Durant's seven-game postseason losing streak, also kind of a worthless number to me. That is over now. We don't have to listen to that crap anymore. Meanwhile, Chris Paul finished with 16 points, eight assists, and one turnover. Obviously, he made some big shots in the fourth quarter. You heard one of those at the top of the show. Uh, there are, you know, are you know, kind of our montage of play-by-play at the start. Monty Williams wanted more three-point, uh, you know, production. And on Tuesday, the Suns made 10 out of 24 from behind the arc. They made just 6 out of 19 from behind the arc in game one. We'll have much more on this during the extra point hosted by Kayla. And uh, that's in the next two hours after, uh, you know, from 10 to noon, basically. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Meanwhile, the Diamondbacks have won the first two games at uh, St. Louis. Uh, Dre Jamison did just enough to keep the game close. The Diamondbacks were 155 underdogs yesterday. They erupted for six runs in the fourth inning in the uh, eventual 8-7 victory. Jamison still bleeding up, uh, building up uh, some starting pitcher stamina. Didn't get out of the fourth inning. But he did manage to pitch over three hits and four walks and allow just two runs. In case you missed my opinion last week, Jamison, we've had we've seen lots of Diamondbacks young arms up here for the last couple of years coming and going, etc. To me, Jamison by far is the one guy on the Diamondbacks roster that we've seen over the past two seasons from the young pitchers. I think he has the best chance of actually becoming a, an above-average starting pitcher at the major league level. Also on Tuesday, Gabriel Moreno hit his first home run as a Diamondback, a three-run homer in that decisive uh, fourth inning. Statistically speaking, the Diamondbacks have two extra base hits now, at least two or more, two or more extra base hits, excuse me, in 15 of their 18 games. And they're also second in the, in the National League in extra base hits in the last uh, in the last 15 games so they've uh, you know not just hitting singles here so that's uh, that's good plus you know the fact that they run the bases so well that helps tremendously the Diamondbacks also before last night were just two and five against left-handed starting pitchers they obviously uh, ripped Jordan Montgomery last night to be one of the most overrated pitchers in baseball history in my opinion. If Jordan Montgomery had not spent some of his career with the Yankees, I don't think anybody would ever talk about him. But it seems like every time he pitches, oh, the underrated and, you know, Jordan Montgomery, give me a break. Uh, 
He's average at best, quite frankly. But anyway, the Diamondbacks won last night against him, and he's a left-handed starting pitcher. Then they were just 2-5 and five against left-handed starters before last night. Personnel news. As we anticipated during Tuesday's sports zone, the Diamondbacks did reinstate uh, Josh Mantiplay, uh, the left-handed relief pitcher, from the 15-day, uh, uh, I think it was the 15-day, whatever injured list that was. They reinstated him. And uh, you know, Luis Frias was optioned to Triple A Reno uh, after the uh, Tuesday night, no, the Monday night game. I get my days mixed up here. Bottom line: the Diamondbacks, eleven and seven in the season, now six and five on the road. They are in first place in the National League West, and uh, uh, they have been in first place or tied for first place since April the eighth. It is the first time that Arizona has led a two-plus game lead in the NOS since July 1st of 2018. That's a while ago. Uh, but that that's seems to me I was actually surprised it was that long ago. Meanwhile, up next, uh, likely more batting practice for Madison Bumgarner, uh, who starts today's 10-15 for, you know, first pitch. Uh, he starts that with a 0-2 record on the season and a 790-year run average. Quite frankly, um, he's, he's pitched worse than a 790-year run average, but we shouldn't be surprised about that. Last season against the Cardinals, by the way, Bumgarner in two starts, one and one with a 523-year run average. Also, Tari Lavello last night used most of his bullpen. To repeat from earlier, he had to use Andrew Chafin and Miguel Castro for a second consecutive night. So... Uh, this is probably uh, not a day to expect a whole lot for the Diamondbacks, but they won the first two games of the series, uh, and they're uh, that was important. Uh, as it turns out, through uh, the first two weeks of the season, they've only had one losing series, and that's when they lost uh, two of the first three games at Florida against the Marlins last weekend, and that's when Bumgarner uh, last pitched. So no coincidence there, in my opinion. Also in today's local roundup, a little ASU basketball here. Uh, they added a player, and they lost a player to the transfer portal. Uh, let's go with the guy that they added first, uh, transfer guard Adam, Mail- uh, Adam Miller uh, from LSU last year. Uh, he committed to uh, Arizona State. He announced that on social media because that's what everybody does now, right? Uh, he started all 33 games for LSU the past season. I saw LSU play enough, enough times that I know who he is. Um, he scored 11.5 points, 2.3 rebounds, 1.7 assists, and played 33 minutes a game. And uh, that's in part because LSU had basically a six-man squad, so he had to play. But he was okay. I mean, so, and he's also – he likes to shoot the three, so we know that Bobby Hurley likes to have his teams shoot threes. Uh, Miller last year shot 31.6% from three-point range, and uh, that was his first season back. Now, you know, the thing about Miller is that you know he was uh, he didn't play in 2020, uh, 2021. I'll get this right, 2021 slash 2022. He missed that entire season because of a season-ending knee injury. He's a good player. Like I said, I know who he is. And uh, you know, I watched tons of college basketball, but you know, I, I knew I know I didn't have to like try to remember who he is. I remember watching him play uh, last year for LSU. Now, on the negative side, DJ Horn announced he was transferring to NC State, and 
I think his destination should not be surprising. You know, obviously he was suspended for a game last year here. Um, you know, he was one of their leading scorers. And really, I remember I don't have the stat handy right now. I remember when we were breaking down ASU towards the end of the season, it seemed like he was kind of the guy that when he played well, they won. And when he didn't play well, they probably didn't win. Uh, but he announced he was transferring to NC State, and he's from Raleigh. Uh, so I can certainly understand that. He's going home to end his college career. He started his career at Northern Illinois and then played a couple years at ASU. All right, coming up next, we'll have an update with Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's sports zone. We'll get to some national roundup. Obviously, we'll have some latest line, including uh, Suns-Clippers Game 3 on Thursday night at Los Angeles. I don't know what they call that place anymore. It used to be the Staples Center. They changed that. Whatever they call that place in Los Angeles where the Lakers and the Clippers play, that's where Game 3 is. And we'll get to a little latest line on that and then some uh, other numbers from the NBA, some injury updates from the NBA or kind of injury speculation in some cases from the NBA. And uh, time pending, we'll get to to some uh, Major League Baseball in the next segment during the National Roundup to wrap up today's spectacular radio program, which is called the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KSLUX HD 2 100.7. Listener rewards for you with the KDUS 1060 app. Download today to hear all of the national and local shows you love. That's the KDUS 1060 app. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Show with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7. And from the scoreboard, the Celtics have had, I think they have the most good players, by the way, of any in, in, any team in the NBA. Uh, and they're going to eliminate the Hawks in four or five games. However, there is zero excuse for the Hawks' lack of professionalism and their lack of effort in the first two games against the Celtics. Countless times, multiple Atlanta players have been jogging back on defense. Uh, Also for Atlanta, they have DeAndre Murray on their team now. Caleb mentioned him the other day. He's good. There is no reason to have the ball-dominant Trey Young, who is all about Trey Young, no reason to have him and uh, DeAndre Murray in the same team, so they must trade Young in the offseason. Meanwhile, the Cavaliers, they uh, were the opposite. They're unlike the, uh, the heartless Hawks. Uh, the Cavaliers responded after losing game one last night. Uh, the Cavaliers aggressive and aggressors from the start. Darius Garland had 26 points in the first half on 10 field goal attempts. And uh, the Cavaliers led by as many as 29 in the second half. They won 107 to 99 over the Knicks. The Cavaliers, who were 31 and 10 at home during the regular season, uh, they weren't going to go down 0 and 2. Uh, by playing the first two games at home. Uh, Also, Julius Randle left this game in the fourth quarter with a back problem. He got – I heard uh, heard it mentioned this morning that he got cheap-shotted near the end of the game. Um, 
but I didn't think it was necessarily a cheap shot, but it was a uh, dirty, dirty foul. I don't know. It was not the best foul. Why is he even on the floor is maybe the biggest question. The Knicks are getting slaughtered, and Randall has been injured, you know, be, you know, missed several games in the regular season before the postseason, but he was out there. Also, the Knicks' Josh Hart, who was questionable uh, before the game with an ankle injury. He did play but he was highly ineffective. He only had five points in 36 minutes last night for the Knicks. All right, so looking ahead, let's go to tonight's game. So the Lakers are at Memphis, and the Lakers uh, with John Morant. I'll get to him in a minute, uh, his situation. The Lakers, uh, the, the Memphis actually opened one and a half in this game. The Lakers, a uh, consensus uh, worldwide one-point favorite right now against Memphis. Total sitting at 226 and a half. Miami-Milwaukee, more on this game in a moment also. This game opened 6.5, game 2 at Milwaukee, down to 6, total 219. Minnesota at Denver, and Denver opened 8.5, and and, uh, I'm not sure why, but there's been some some Minnesota money here. Uh, But uh, Denver now an 8-point favorite, 223.5 is the total. So on to Thursday's games, Philadelphia is at Brooklyn, uh, this looks like it's going to be a four or five game series. Philadelphia has not lost a game this season, regular season or postseason against Brooklyn. They just seem to have a superior matchups, not just in bead, but other places too. Philadelphia four and a half point favorite over Brooklyn, uh, tomorrow night. Also tomorrow night, uh, the, uh, the Kings are at uh, Golden State. Obviously you mentioned no, no dream on green. Uh, and I actually checked as soon as the, the announcement came down during the Suns game last night that Green was going to be suspended for this game. And uh, there wasn't that big of a point spread difference. Well, it depends on what you think is a big difference. Uh, you know, Golden State was a six, six-and-a-half point favorite at that time. And uh, they're pretty much now a five-and-a-half point favorite is Golden State down 0-2 for the first time in any playoff series since 2007. Also tomorrow night, the Suns at the Clippers. The Suns, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Seems to be the consensus number, at least in the state of Nevada. And the total in this game is sitting at 228-and-a-half. Then on Friday, uh, game three between Boston and Atlanta as they change locations. Boston, a five-point favorite in that game. Total of 228. And then Cleveland is at New York against the Knicks. And the Knicks, a two-point home favorite at MSG. Against Cleveland, two eleven and a half the total. John Morant uncertain for Game Two, according to the team. Uh, you know, I heard also mentioned yesterday on ESPN that pain management. It's just kind of what's going on with him. Uh, it's you know, how much pain can he take? Uh, seems to be the case. Uh, no structural damage, etc. Meanwhile, Draymond uh, was suspended yesterday. The original report yesterday afternoon is he was going to be fined and not suspended. Then the NBA announced during the game, Suns game last night that uh, Draymond is suspended for game number three. I would wonder if you know the fact that Adam Silver was actually in Sacramento and not only saw that event live with the, him stomping Sabonis you know, on Sabonis' you know, chest there, uh, but you know Draymond's theatrics while he left the floor. I wonder if that had anything to do with it. I know the NBA also kind of said, in uh, no, you know, some shape or form, that his history of uh, you know 
of suspensions and so forth and nonsense. That's a word for me, nonsense. Uh, that played a role, but uh, he is suspended for the next game of that series. And uh, Tyler Hero, uh, unlikely to return this season for the Heat unless the Heat actually reach the NBA Finals. Somebody find me a prop bet that has the Heat reaching the NBA Finals, and I'd like to bet against that. Meanwhile, on the diamond, Tampa Bay starter Jeffrey Springs is out for the season. He's headed for Tommy John surgery. We were on the air last week when he went down with the arm issue. Uh, he was leading Major League Baseball with a 0.50 or a run average in three starts. This is a bad injury for me and uh, my partner in, wrote, uh, in rotisserie baseball crime. Um, basically, we have him in both leagues that we're in. And so replacing him, especially in the American League only league, is going to be really difficult. Meanwhile, the Yankees' Carlos Rodon, another health setback here. More issues with his bulky back. He started the season on the injured list with a pitching arm problem. And he's had lots of injuries throughout his career, going all the way back to NC State when he was abused by his college coach as far as way too much usage and innings pitched, etc., and pitches thrown at a college level. Also, the Yankees' Giancarlo Stanton is reportedly going to be out several weeks as opposed to the uh, you know, get put on the injured list earlier this week, but he's going to be out several weeks. The, staying in New York, the Mets plays Carlos Carrasco with the right elbow problem on the injured list. Uh, good closer news for Atlanta. Uh, their projected closer, Rocio Iglesias, who started the season on the injured list. He threw off the mound on Monday for the first time since spring training. And uh, interesting news here, Dodgers manager Dave Roberts said on Tuesday that Mookie Betts might get some shortstop time. Uh, Mookie came up in the uh, Red Sox organization as a second baseman. He's played a little second base for the Dodgers this year. All right, that's it for the Sports Zone for today. Stay tuned. The next two hours, it's the Extra Point hosted by Kayla, including certainly more Suns and Clippers and more phone call time, 602-260-1060. This has been the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp. Thanks for listening.